those laptop, that laptop that flips over all the way. But those hinges always go bad. <laughs> so, good morning, friends. What a beautiful time of worship that was. Thank you so much. It's just what a joy it is to be in the house of God and letting the spirit flow because he knows how to do a lot with a little. <laughs> and I was like, man, that is so... That is so valuable. His power is made perfect in our weakness. And I feel like you could probably put that as a subtitle under every message. God can do a lot with a little. What do you think? (laughs) It's like, that pretty much summarizes it, doesn't it? So um, I wanted to, um, the Lord has been talking to me a lot about, I'm going to pray again. Lord, just Help me to focus in on what you want to say, Lord, because we know that there's more here than time, and um, just want to hit the things you want to highlight this morning. In Jesus' name, Amen. So, wanna, so the Lord was really talking to me about, you know, as we as I look around and we see um, events swirling around in intensity growing and evil increasing but light increasing all the more. I, um, when I ask the Lord, you know, what, what he's doing and, you know, what he wants um, Light Hop, you know, to be preparing our hearts for, one of the things that he's talking to me about is discipling. And so I want to um, dig into that. And it's kind of a big subject, so I'm not going to really be able to completely um, hit that with probably the time today, but whatever, I can just spill over into the next time. But, you know, when I, I, I think when you think about discipling, even though this has been on my mind, somewhere midway in this conversation with the things that I was studying and that the Lord was talking to me about, I'm thinking about, oh, you know, I just kind of feel like, do I just skip right past the gospel into discipling? Because really, that is the first step. But what I believe is happening right now is that the, the Holy Spirit is the one that draws people. And I believe he's really working in hearts right now. And when we look around us, we see this, um, you know, the, the shakiness of the, the, the um, yeah, the shakiness, the increase of intensity of, of evil and light, as I just mentioned what it seems like I'm seeing is there are people that maybe before were um, out in the highways and the byways and they were doing their own thing or didn't even know that there was um, an opportunity to come into a to a banquet that are now really starting to um, be open to that reality. So pe- people that were maybe just not interested in spiritual things in my world, I'm finding that there seems to be more of an openness and a receptivity to this. And so what that tells me is that the Holy Spirit is really, really working. Now, on the other hand, you've got some people that, you know, maybe they are the ones that, um, you know, have already been invited to the banquet, but they're, but they're busy. <laughs> they're busy with the cares of life. They're busy with, um, you know, the things that are in front of them. And so both... Realities are happening, and so this is an invitation for us to ask the Lord, how can I be a part of what you're doing at this hour? And so I'm going to um, kind of just start off with coming back to what we're doing here and what our purpose is. I'm going to go to Acts 15, 13 through 17, where we see James quoting Amos 2.11. And after that, and after they had become silent, James answered, saying, Men and brethren, listen to me. Simon has declared how God at first visited the Gentiles to take out of them a people for his name. And with this, the words of the prophets agree, just as it is written. After this, I will return and will rebuild the tabernacle of David, which has fallen down. I will rebuild its ruins, and I will set it up so that the rest of mankind will seek the Lord, even all the Gentiles who are called by my name, says the Lord who does all these things. 
so I think we could agree that we all um, see this prophecy coming into fulfillment, and it has been increasing. And so our identity is a house of prayer. And as I've been talking about, like we can see when we watch the news that God's winnowing fork is in his hands, and he's in the process of clearing out his threshing floor. The wheat and the tares are growing up, right? The things that um, Tom has often talked about. So the environment in the earth is ripening by the day for those who want his leadership. And it's also ripening for those that despise it. Can you see it? That there, you just, There's receptivity, but there's also just like, I don't want to have anything to do with that. And so um, for some people, that, that shaking is resulting in fear, Maybe they're really not sure what, whether they're a wheat or they're a tear yet, but um, maybe they're not sure if they even want his leadership uh, or what that even looks like. But they're looking for safety in the shaking. I think these are people that are curious. They're asking questions. Maybe they're listening and reading where they weren't before. Maybe when they wouldn't be open to a conversation about the Bible or prayer before, now they are. Um, you know, it's it. It's it's interesting when I when I at KPAP I see people that are like the pressure is resulting in one of two things. It's either like they're like I need to be in this room. I need to come in here and do this Bible study because, like, I I know I've reached that point. I, he's the answer. I need him. And then you've got other people that are, like, clear in the room. Oh, I don't want to have anything. No, I don't want any of that. You know, it's it's definitely, um, it's waking up some, and it's hardening others. And all of that is really creating a harvest environment. So what does that mean to light up? And as I said, as, I talk, as I'm talking to the Lord about this, he's highlighting to me the need for having a discipleship focus. Um, and that discipleship focus is really for, um, I think we think about people that are um, seekers as maybe that somebody that doesn't even know the Lord, but it, sometimes seekers are just immature believers, it's those those people that are somewhere in that process, or maybe they have wandered off the narrow path. Maybe they were going in some way at a certain point in time. And um, in some church structures, discipleship is defined as a class. And our responsibility is to really help build people. When I think about what discipleship is, it is um, it's really doing deliberate good towards those around us. <laughs> It is, it, it is helping to build other people up. It's helping people to come into the same reality that, that we're walking in. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to talk about that. Uh, Isaiah 56, 7 says, For my house will be called a house of prayer for all nations. And so Isaiah is revealing this eternal identity of God's people. But there's also the Great Commission. So we're a house of prayer, Right? We know that. We tend to spend a lot of time talking about this. But the other part about that is that we're, we're called to the Great Commission. Matthew 28, 18 says, And Jesus came and spoke to them, saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all the things that I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. So we're, what are we supposed to do? Um, are we supposed to be a house of prayer? Or are we supposed to fulfill the Great Commission? What do you think? Yes, right. We're supposed to do both. We're supposed to, it's not an either or proposition, right? Um, we're supposed to go and make disciples of all nations. A house of prayer is a place filled with a bunch of disciples. Right? That's what we are. Um, who have been baptized and observed the things that Jesus commanded them. So this is the place where this process happens. Some would call that place the church. Um, we think that every church should be a house of prayer. 
So discipling is happening in a community of believers, right? Whether you call it a church or you call it a house of prayer or both. So our identity as a house of prayer is to continue in that identity of what we do night and day here. Um, but to expand that, so if we want, in, in the process of, of looking to see that grow, which is what God is doing, He is sifting um, for Himself a bride, a pure and spotless um, remnant of people. And so in doing that, that's. That's really disciples. That's that's the process of discipling. But who does the discipling, right? Okay, well, that's what's supposed to happen. Who's the one who does it? Well, leaders do it. Teachers do it, of which we all are. All of us. We're all leaders. We're all teachers. And every one of us is called to be involved in that process. So it doesn't mean that um, we'd redirect what we're doing as a house as as a prayer room. It doesn't mean that we redirect it. It's just like disciple happening. You know, you think about a family. Discipling happens really very naturally. There's a lot of time spent. Um, you know, you think about like I think about when Lena was was born. So she was the first child of Lonnie and I. And I just think about the inordinate amount of time and focus and energy that were spent on that one human being. (laughs) You know, it's like, we're built that way. We're just like, and we don't care. We're just like, I could just, I just want to spend, you know, some of those ladies had to go back to work. We're just like, I don't want to go back to work. I just want to stay here with you. And so it, it's really, um, it's a family reality. That's where it happens. That's where it was made for. And it's where a lot of time is spent. And we're like a family right now as our body is small. So it's really a beautiful thing. So this is a perfect discipling environment. Um, but as we grow, it's important that we stay focused in on and to make it a priority. Um, this is happening here. This is for sure happening here. And all I'm challenging us to do is to... Um, walk walk into it even more and to see what the Lord is saying that looks like right now, especially as there's there's going to be a growing harvest. Like, what season are we in? Right? Um, I think there's been planting seasons. I believe we're going to be moving into a, a harvest season. So, with that in mind, um, yeah, we just want to make it a priority. So, there's... Um, so what happens before discipleship? And I, I kind of mentioned this. There's a lot that we could talk about related to the idea of sharing the good news of the, the kingdom. It's a big topic. And rather than um, jump into that, I mean, I don't, I don't want to oversimplify it, but basically what I see happening, as I mentioned, is that there's a, the Holy Spirit is drawing men to himself. He is the one that does it. It isn't really my actions that do it, although I can cooperate with that part, and I know that we're all praying for friends and loved ones, but the Holy Spirit is the one that is actually doing the work. He's drawing men to himself, um, and we are definitely participating in that process as we pray for people and as we operate as living witnesses. So Asking the Holy Spirit to use us to share the gospel is certainly a, p- a part of that process and letting him lead us. And I've, I firmly believe that he's actually um, doing that with everybody in this room. I, I, you know, I think we can all think, I mean, think about it for a minute. Um, I think it's helpful sometimes to not always assume that we're not doing something, but let the Holy Spirit highlight, here, this is what you're doing. You, you actually are doing this thing because it's like, as Tom mentioned sometimes earlier there's like that spirit of condemnation you're not doing the thing well maybe you are doing it you just need to give yourself a chance let the holy spirit highlight what you are doing and then celebrate it be joyful about what he's doing in the way that he's called you to to be a discipler of other people and it's going to look different um there are some people that are really really good at this online um and you know i'm not saying that's the whole process but i think that's a really important piece of the process in because there's different levels of this happening. And there's some that are really good at doing that in person. And, you know, everybody finds their own little, their way. But I just think that God's calling us into more of it. He's calling people like me to, 
to get to, to utilize as part of that process that he's doing things like being online and then for other people might be drawing them more into the what might be less comfortable for them which is the actually the the real in person kind of thing you know what i mean so he is doing things he's using you you are you and we have been in a season of of sowing so it's it's good to be thinking about all the sowing the prayers that have been sowed that the Lord is going to begin to um, start his harvest. And, I mean, can you see it? I mean, just kind of nod your head or raise your hand if, you, if you're telling me you're seeing some of this happen in some of your relationships and the people around you. Yeah, I mean, it's exciting, isn't it? I mean, it's, it's joyous. You're like, it's almost like, oh, my gosh, I've been praying for so long. And wait, what? Did you just ask me something about God? Or did you ask me to pray for you? Are we having a conversation about God? And you're like, oh. <gasps> Oh, what's going on here? You know, and it feels exciting. And then almost you're just like, wait, oh, okay. Oh, well, what's next now? Because <laughs> you've been in plant mode for so long. It's like, wait a minute, something's happening here. I think, I think I see some fruit on the vine. And this thing is looking for some, some cultivating on my part. And so, yay, <laughs> that's exciting. Um, when I think about, um, this process of doing that, as we continue to pray for them, our hearts are aligning. Very often, it's situations where the person that we've been praying for, we get to be involved in in some manner or, or shape or form, even if directly or, or indirectly. I mean, I think sometimes when I, even, even if I'm not going to be directly involved, but I find that something is, somebody's on a journey towards God, it's exciting to me because I'm like, the Lord's like, you prayed. And I'm like, Yes. Yes, Lord. Um, and so the next question is, all right, do you want me to do something more, Lord? Am I to get involved in some way? Are you leading me by your Holy Spirit? Or are you, am I in a support capacity? Am I a direct capacity? Or, you know, are you doing something else here? Just, yeah. We're, we're letting our hearts align with his as we're praying for them. And what I find, too, is like praying for Israel. The more we do it, the more our hearts grow. The more God opens up opportunities. I think that we've all had that too, where you see you're praying for Israel, and then all of a sudden the Lord is, he, he is connecting your heart to the people that you're praying for that you didn't even know, right? So, um, discipling is really a, a process of being focused in on others and not so much on ourselves. So, each week we are given opportunities to give ourselves to others. And this is, um, as a result, we're joining God's work. So being a disciple is, means that we're orienting our lives towards other people, just like Jesus did. And it means that we're laboring for the sake of others. I mean, it's a, it's a labor of love. It is a sacrifice. There's, there's time involved. There's patience involved. There's emotional connection. There's the disappointment that comes with emotional connections when things don't work out. There's, there's all of those. This, um, this is laboring for the sake of others. And the love for others is at the heart of discipling because Christ came. As I said, he came to um, not to serve, not to be served, but to serve and to give his life a ransom for many, as Mark 10, 45 talks about. So it's an other-oriented kind of focus. It depends on the Spirit of God to not just proclaim Christ, but actually to help present others mature in Christ. So it isn't like the prayer, okay, they prayed. You know, I, I, I remember a period in my early years as a believer, it was like, well, you know, you hear people saying, well, I led them in the sinner's prayer. I, I led somebody to Christ. Well, um, you, you led them to some truth, you know, and they began, they, they began the journey, but it's, it's, it's a lot further to go than that. There's, there is a process, and it is doing intentional good towards others to help them grow and mature in Christ. And this is really the example that we see in the Bible. As I kind of said it, I, he, the Bible kind of, um, built the example of what we're supposed to do in the way that we treat our children. We, we pour out on, uh, so much time and energy into them 
just loving them, nurturing them with the goal in mind of taking them to the maturity. And to extend this example a little bit further, we can actually look at Israel during the time of Moses. Moses, he gives the Ten Commandments. He tells the people to love God. He instructs them. So it wasn't just, here's the Ten Commandments, good luck to you. (laughs) But it was like, it was a long, arduous journey that Moses went through. I mean, he was ready to give up many, many times. And um, it can be like that. It reminds me of parenting, (laughs) right? Deuteronomy 6, 6 through 7 says, And these words which I commanded you today shall be in your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children. And shall walk and, and shall talk of them when you sit in your house and when you walk by the way, when you lie down and when you rise up. Basically, discipleship is involving transmitting the truths of God. So you can kind of see from this description, it really hits the whole idea of time. Like it, it's an investment in others and it's timely, time consuming, and we all have a certain number of time that we're dealing with. But I love the way that. Um, it's laid out. God says, this is actually the way that you do it. You just incorporate it into your normal life. You know, you, you, you're teaching your children diligently. They live with you. You're taking care of them. You're providing them. You know, you're talking with them as you sit in your house, as you walk on the road. You know, you can hear them saying, like, as you're driving, you know, to the baseball practice or you're at the grocery store, you're cooking dinner together. You know, this is, these are the things that it happens we know this happens in a family situation, and very often when we are, um, when the Lord is leading us to disciple somebody, I think we do this. We try to find creative ways to incorporate them into what we already have going. You know, we try to work that in a way of things. Meals is a great example. Like, we all got to eat. And so this is a great example of ways that we're, like, how can I come along somebody? Or we all have to drink coffee. That's important. So you got to stop and get yourself some coffee. So these are opportunities that we can do the things that we're already doing. And in that time, what we're doing is we're actually living our life in real visible ways where somebody can see that we're living our life. We're not trying to put ourselves on some kind of a pedestal and be like, here, my life is perfect. But, you know, you're like, no, I've got, I've got struggles too, and, and this is what the Lord is teaching me, and this is how I handle these uh, challenges that I'm dealing with, and this is the way I prioritize my time, and this is the way I prioritize my money, and this is the way that I take time to fast and to pray, and this is what I pour myself into, and they, they get to see a living demonstration demonstration of that. The Bible is obviously full of these discipling relationships. We think about Moses and Joshua. Did they spend a little bit of time together or a lot of time together? Yeah, just they lived together. I mean, it was, it's easier. It's, it's not like somebody that lives in a different state or across town. They were all, they were with each other all the time. Eli and Samuel, another example, Elijah and Elisha um, together all the time. Jesus was the ultimate discipler. It was a lot of personal relationships built, a small group of men and women. He was around, obviously, masses of people, but he spent most of his time around a small group of men and women in probably bits and chunks, like the chosen is a great way to kind of see like these real-life examples. And he did it over a three-year period of time. And just the real-lifeness of that example is really what discipling looks like and where, where people learn. It's, it, it might be partially some principles in a class, but it's, but it's actually lived out in a community where it's being demonstrated. Um, there were, um, yeah, I kind of covered that. So Mark three thirteen through 14, and he went up on the mountain and called to him those he himself wanted. I like that part right there. <laughs> he went up on the mountain and he called himself, he called, he called those he himself wanted and they came to him. It, that to me sounds like he called to them the ones that the father highlighted to him and they came to him probably because the Holy Spirit and the father knew, yep, these are the ones and the time is right and they're ready. Verse 14, then he appointed 12 that they might be with him and that he might send them out to preach. Within the three, he especially poured out to Peter, James, and John. You know, when I think about um, this aspect of things, there, 
there's that saying, there's only so many hours in a day, right? Like, the thing about, the thing about discipling is that um, we can't disciple everybody. <laughs> um, we, we just can't. I mean, there's, and we, we have to prioritize what the Lord is prioritizing, which I'm going to touch on, but the, it's really important that it's really, it's what the Lord is leading. I mean, he might, um, maybe you'd feel like, hey, I, this is a person I would really like to, but maybe the Lord is, is drawing you to somebody that, I mean, maybe your personalities are not, you don't have all the same interest, and it, it might, but, but maybe they're just in, in your kid's friend group, or they're in your circle of what you're doing, or they're at your work, or your, you know, your job, or they're in some kind of a, they're, they're, they're tied into your life in some way, um, you know, I think about Tom and Sam, like their landlord, like, like they, they don't have a bunch of family close ties in Israel and a bunch of people that they've known for the last decade, right? I mean, they're new relationships. And so that's a relationship that's pretty fundamental for them is, is just kind of an everyday relationship is like their landlord, you know, as an example. Like we all have these types of examples. So when the Lord is ready to work in a person's life, it's kind of like that old saying, like, when, when the student is ready, the teacher will arrive. Well, the Holy Spirit is leading each of us into um, seasons where we're praying for certain people, because maybe there is going to be a relationship that we're going to have with them at some point in the future, but the timing isn't quite right. Um, and then maybe there's, maybe the timing is right for, for for another person and maybe it's going to be a season and then that somebody else is going to flow back into your life we've we've seen this before with like friendships right it just it's god's timing like he knows how to weave all the things together he knows how to weave you at the right place at the right time where he wants you to be and he knows how to weave other people into you at the right place and the right time for what he's doing and he knows how to weave the right connections the ones that are a good fit for what he wants to accomplish, what one person needs, what you need. Because in a discipling relationship, it isn't just about the person that has the information and then they're passing it on to the other person. So it's the, the source and the recipient. I mean, it's a two-way thing. I mean, uh, there's people that, that I'm discipling that I'm definitely learning from them. I mean, when I, even if I just think about in general, my, you know, when I'm at KPEP and I'm, um, I'm teaching some things that, you know, that from my perspective, but then they're getting a fresh eyes perspective and they're like, yeah, this is, this is, this is what the Lord's highlighting me. I'm like, oh yeah, that's really good. I mean, it's, it's beautiful because we're all growing in different aspects. Maybe you have more maturity in one area that I can learn from for you. And I have more maturity in another that I can teach you. And I'm kind of referring in that sense to, you know, maybe peer, dis- peer discipling. So Christ came not to serve, but to serve. Discipling involves sharing the knowledge of God through every moment of life. Paul exhorts Timothy as they were traveling together, kind of that real-life example, right? He's encouraging him to, faith, to be faithful in the work. 2 Timothy 2.2, And the things that you have heard from me among many witnesses, commit these to faithful men who will be able to teach also. I love that. I just want to read that again because I want to remind. I'm like, Paula, you need to remember this. This is important. This is something to be praying into and being ready and receptive to what God is doing and the things that you have heard from me. So what he's taught me, he wants me to commit these to faithful people who will be able to teach others also. So kind of related to this idea of like, who do you, who, who, who do you disciple? You, you let the Lord lead you. <clears throat> Um, but you also, um, only somebody, like somebody is ready. If somebody is not ready, then it's going to be, you know, a waste of time. I mean, I'm, <clears throat> I have a gal that, that um, I really care about that I'm in a discipling relationship. And, you know, like she's rescheduled on me a couple of times. So I just let the Lord lead me. Like, Lord, do you want me to pursue her? Or do you want me to just, is this just wait? He's like, go ahead and wait. You know, it's all right. So I'm like, okay, I don't need to put, you know, I just, we have to be led by him. And um, somebody needs to be ready because, um, yeah, we're, we're limited. In our, it would be a waste of time. I guess it's to be put, to be blunt, really. It is a waste of time. It, it's not about a good cause. It's about, it, it's, it's about readiness. This is, this is what the Lord is looking for, those that are ready to receive him and go forward with him. So Paul had an immediate and eternal perspective in this aspect when he was working with Timothy. He spent time with the churches, 
and he followed up with them in letters. I just, great faithful example. So, who were, and we're kind of going back to the Jesus example, right? So this is what Paul was doing. Paul was writing letters. Well, Jesus didn't write any letters, but he spent a concentrated amount of time with a group of people, but some of them did the letters, right? They, they all did the different things that God called them to do in particular. So, um, so kind of coming back to this idea like, well, well who, who do we disciple? Um, you know, I think oftentimes it can just be somebody that's on our prayer list. It is, I definitely think it is a priority for it to be our children, our grandchildren, our immediate family. Obviously, this really looks different depending on the age and the level of receptivity as they transition to an adulthood. But it, this is the first place that we're supposed to disciple those in our families. Um, one of the requirements of an elder in the word of God are that. I'll, I'll read that this little section for you. First Timothy 3, 4 says, One who rules his own house well, having his children in submission with all reverence. For if a man does not know how to rule his own house, how will he take care of the church of God? Um, so I, I think we can get a, the, the message here is like that is a priority. What that looks like might be different, um, again, depending on the age and the receptivity of that person within your household. But, so, but that discipleship surely looks like I'm setting an example for them. That discipleship relationship surely looks like when am I, when am I saying something? And when am I not saying something? And always praying for them. Um, you know, and it can, it can fall of our, I, I don't know, maybe I'm the only one, but like when you've got a, I mean, Lane is kind of independent and she's, I try not to bug her too much so I'm not like a helicopter mom. I, I try to wait and let her reach out to me. But, but then the Holy Spirit just reminded me like, okay, yes, that's true. You don't want to fall into a helicopter mom ditch, but you also want to be led by me. And you're still, you're still discipling your daughter in the way that I'm leading you to do that, you know, through encouragement and through prayer and just being who we are. And so, yeah, it looks different depending on the ages, but it, it continues, doesn't it? Yeah. I see you guys nodding your head, right? So in our own homes, is definitely a priority. Grandchildren, like, you know, some some of you have families that are so big in your responsibilities with grandchildren. I think of Angie immediately. Like, she's she's got a whole community there. <laughs> it's like, I mean, yeah, maybe she could, um, it may, may, maybe all of her family might be in different places, and so she, she can branch off beyond there into other relationships as the Lord leads her. Sure she can, but it's perfectly okay to say, I'm, I got my priority right here. I'm working in discipling my, my children, my grandchildren, my immediate family. This is something that the Lord has really tried to put more emphasis on with Lonnie and I as we've been praying for our grandchildren for years. And we have a different kind of relationship with some of them as we do with others that we, we let the Lord lead us in. But sometimes when you feel like that, that, that um, you've been shut down, then you kind of like shrink back a little bit, right? And you're like, all right, they've made it clear. <laughs> but the thing is, is that I was like, I, I, I felt like the Lord telling me that's not the way that I look at it. You know, just I'm like, you're not supposed to react based upon what, what they're doing. You're supposed to stay faithful in the way that I'm calling you to continue to love them, pray for them, and disciple them, which might be a more subtle discipling in terms of the example, the way that he lets us do that versus quite as directly. But we want to stay on, stay focused in on that. You know, keep, keep our um, eye on the, on the prize for, for what happens there. Um, you know, and you, I mean, I'll, I'll just share a little story with you. Like, all, these, all this time praying, like, it might be that you're not going to be the one, but somebody else is going to be in there, you know, we had a situation that we heard about with, with one of our grand um, grandchildren that um, they they were uh, and, and it was it was just that they were they were connecting with some other people that were that were believers. I won't give you all the backstory or whatever. But then so they they had gone to church and then after that they were looking for Bible and they were at a store and they were looking for Bible and and they said, well I've I've never had a Bible before. I don't really know what to look for in a Bible. And then a person in the store overheard it, a lady. Lonnie says, probably a lady like me. And then she said, you've never had a Bible here. 
she gave uh, um, them a $100 bill and said, get yourself what you know what you need. And I just started to cry because I thought, I, I'm not even involved, but God is starting to do something there, you know? And it's, it's like God can do a lot with a little. And it's just the prayers. And I just say that really as an encouragement to us because we all have these people that were like, Lord, is anything ever going to, you know? And I don't know what's going to happen. It doesn't mean because, uh, because $100 bought a Bible or whatever. That doesn't mean that I just need to keep praying. But God is at work. And, if I, and I want to be ready to, to be whatever God is calling me to be in that relationship whenever that, yeah, whenever the Lord opens that door. And I think the other thing, too, I'm going to tie into that, is just that um, when you think about our responsibility of of being disciplers, and so we're, we're building relationships and bringing people into maturity in their relationship with Christ. Um, I think about how many people have had their their child move away to a different place that they're not, they're, they're not there anymore. But our desire would be to that they would find a community of people that would grab a hold of them, that would wrap them in their arms, embrace them, invite them over for dinner go out for coffee, give them a call, shoot them a text from time to time, invite them to be involved in things because they're not with us, they're away from us, but somebody to be a spiritual family to, isn't that what we would all want? And so the question we can ask ourselves, am I being that to other people? Because that's what we want for ours. You know, and that's not to be a condemnation because that might not be the right season for you, but maybe there's a way that you're a part of that in some sense. And it's just ready to not, it's really important not to put parameters on this, but to just say, God, I'm available for whatever this looks like for me and whatever season this is for me. That's it. So we can build relationship within community with those believers that God places in our path. And I yeah, kind of talked about that. God, um, the circumstances are going to vary, but the most important thing is that God is leading it. And I talked about the, the, the people that you disciple might be somebody that's on your prayer list. And, and they might not be. Um, maybe they're on somebody else's prayer list. <laughs> As an example I just talked about. But um, you may already have a list like this, but if you don't, then I would encourage you make a list of people that you would like to see mature and complete. I think you guys probably already do, knowing you. But we can still ask, who do I want to see mature and complete? Let me, let me get them on a prayer list and keep them on my mind. Or if you're like me, like maybe a spot on the refrigerator. <laughs> um, but to, to keep them on your radar. But on that last day, this is something that we, we want to see happen that, like, okay, in some manner, like some water, you know, some plant, some water, um, some cultivate, like everybody might be in a different place, but it is great to be on mission with what God is doing. So our, um, our prayers might be uh, preparing the soil in their hearts so that when the Holy Spirit moves, um, kind of as reflected in some of these examples that I'm, talk- that I'm talking about. How am I proclaiming the gospel to those that are on my list, and how can I prepare to do that? Like I said, I have several relatives that I pray for them, and I encourage them, and, and when they're open to me, they know who I am is a reflection of who God is in me. So kind of positioning ourselves for those discipling opportunities is for people to really know who we are and that we're, we're ready and available to, to be a disciple of them. Um, I was thinking about the whole idea of this planting seeds and, you know, some water, some plant. Um, I'm, you know, for me, a, a natural area to try to reach for is my is my neighborhood because that's where I live. That's where I spend a lot. I mean, if I if I was working full time somewhere else, maybe that might be the case. You know, and I'm self employed, very part time, and so I'm not in a. I'm I'm more virtual than I am physical. Although there's still opportunities in those relationships as well. But my neighborhood is certainly a place because 
Roscoe likes to get out, and so in... I do my, some of my best praying thinking when I'm body, when my body's moving. So um, I'm I'm praying over people, and I'm intentionally trying to get names of people. And so I'm I'm praying over them. I believe that God's going to do a beautiful harvest in my neighborhood. I mean, I I literally pray that they'll be sifted into His kingdom. So it's not like I'm just praying for butterflies and roses. But if they need to be shaken and sifted, that they will be shaken and sifted. But they'll be in his kingdom. Um, I know most of the names of the kids in my neighborhood. Um, I was reflecting back on just the things that we do to disciple and what the, the harvest that they would, would come forth maybe later. I'm think, I was thinking about Kalamazoo Kids Worship and how um, we brought people here. I brought my neighborhood kids here sometimes when on good times we were actually able to bring two vehicles of kids you know and but they there were some seeds planted there that they knew there was like discipling invitation and um and I try to stay in touch with them and sometimes have them over but I just I recently had a conversation with one of our one of the gals that had been here and um, I'll stop and try to talk to them, engage them in conversation. And we had a really good conversation this particular um, time. And um, she was opening up. And and uh, long story short, you know, we're we're going to get together. We're going to do something. And I, I just, as I walked away, I'm, I, I don't. It just, I was overwhelmed with joy because I've been praying for her, like. I mean, for years, <laughs> years and years, you know, and it's like she she basically even um, created the invitation, even like she even did it, you know. It wasn't even me, like, well, hey, would you like to do X Y Z? You know, she she actually initiated the thing, and I was like, I would love to do that, you know. And it was in response to me talking about praying for her, you know, and and I did pray for her, and. Um, this is a great example of what I'm talking about, like the receptivity of level of like, could I have said, hey, can I pray for you before? I don't know. I, God is working. It was his particular timing. And so I, God might turn that into a discipling relationship. I don't know. We're going to see what's going to happen. But I just, you have stories like this, all of you. You have examples of this where there's the weave happening in and out and the timing and the seeds that you've planted. And it may come around a different time or you planted some seeds, but yours is a season too busy with all of your life and your kids and so forth. But it might circle back around. God's going to like, I'm going to bring that person back in. And so are we ready for that? What is that going to look like for us? What, you know, and I'm not going to be able to get into all that today, but I'm going to talk about some more of what that might look like next time. And probably a lot of things that we already know and just reminding us, but um, it's exciting to be a part of what God is doing. Oh, I lost my place. Um, so this is really connected to, you know, true faith. Like, show me your faith by what you do. <laughs> true faith works for others. True faith is willing to serve. Um, it's not just looking out for yourself. And some of us might feel tired and fragmented and stretched. And so it, it's about working with the energy that's supplied by God. This is not meant to be a heavy yoke. This is meant to be weaved into our life the way that God, in, he'll just give you an idea. Hey, why don't I invite so-and-so to do X, Y, Z while I'm already doing X, Y, Z? It might be something like that. So he works powerfully in us. And this is why it's so important that we hear the Holy Spirit. We must. It's, we, it's vital for moving forward with him. I think about the 1040 window in certain places. Like um, Allison, I don't know if she came here, but Allison, I know a gal that's working in East Asia. And um, this is what they do. They, they, they have them to disciple in these um, countries in the 1040 window. And it's relational. They just start building friendships with people. And then they start, they start seeing their life. And then they start seeing, wow, this person is full of joy and love and kindness and goodness. And, and then the Holy Spirit leads them because they have to be led really carefully because um, it could be dangerous for them to reveal that they're a believer and then to secretly proselytize people. And so maybe it doesn't feel as dangerous here, but it's, it's, it's vital that we are operating by the Spirit. Matthew 16, 24 through 26. 
Then Jesus said to his disciples, If anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whoever desires to save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. For what profit is it of a man if he gains a whole world and loses his own soul? Or what will a man give in exchange for his soul? Our response to his radical love towards us is to radically love him back. And um, that includes loving the people that he loves radically. All right. We demonstrate this to those around us every day, but in particular to those that we are discipling. We demonstrate it. So, um, some of this I already talked about, so I'm trying to not repeat myself. So, a disciple of Christ. This is the definition of a disciple of Christ. Somebody that radically follows Jesus, right? They receive his radical love and they want to radically follow him back. And they want to get as many other people to go along and do that with them as possible. (laughs) So a disciple of Christ disciples others. They want other people to do what they're doing because it's so amazing, right? They want to help other people follow Christ. So um, if I'm to be a disciple of his, I'm also supposed to not only seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and love him with my whole heart, soul, and mind and operate as a disciple in the house of prayer, which is that we're, we're wanting to expand that reality, help other people do the same. And yes, I know it seems obvious what I'm saying, but we can say this about ourselves. I, I think that for most of us, um, or I would say, like, for myself, that I sometimes, sometimes it feels all-consuming just to manage my own life as a disciple. <laughs> I'm like, I'm having a, that's a full-time job just managing this disciple, <laughs> let alone, you want me to disciple me? Don't you want somebody that's not a mess like me? But that's, that's what he uses, because there is so much hope for how we walk that out because we all need him. So um, where does that leave me if I'm in this situation? Or if you're in that situation, Second Corinthians 12, 9. And he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you. My strength is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, most gladly, I will rather boast in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest in me. In other words, God can do a lot with a little. <laughs> Is that the phrase? What was the phrase? God can do a lot. I'm like, yes, we can all memorize that. (laughs) That's so good. Um, So I kind of already talked about the time, um, and we're doing this as we do life together. Um, I think I'm going to stop there, and then I'll continue um, with the rest of this for next time. Just want to kind of come back to something that I mentioned in Midway. I just want to invite you to ask yourself, um, who, is, who is the Lord maybe inviting you to take a step of involvement with? Maybe you're not going to necessarily like, hey, let's sign up and get you on the calendar and let's do a discipling relationship together. It's probably not going to look that way. <laughs> but it's probably going to mean you're just more intentional about praying for people. Um, and you're just being ready and receptive for when the Holy Spirit moves. I find that I'm more ready and receptive when the Spirit moves when I'm already praying about something because it's like the Holy Spirit's like, hey, that's what we've been talking about. Oh, is this what we've been talking about, Lord? Oh, okay. Oh, I get it. (laughs) All right. Yeah, let's do this. Okay. (laughs) So it's just bringing bringing it to our awareness. But but we do want to be intentional about it. We really do because the thing is is that... um, we are coming into a time of harvest, and we want to be ready ourselves. Like, we grow in discipling others, and we grow in, in asking ourselves, am I doing this? Am I, am, what can I do to be a discipler of other people? A good question for us here would be, like, what can the Lord do? It may, it's not necessarily somebody that's a complete unbeliever. Maybe it's somebody, like I mentioned earlier, that's just maybe a little off track or somebody that is a believer that's faithful, but maybe they don't know the fullness of night-day prayer. And we get a chance to, to, to maybe invite them into what we do here. We, we have an opportunity to, to disciple into our prayer sets, to disciple in 
what we, how we give our lives to him in this way and how it changes us because this, is, this reality is discipling us into maturity. Um, you know, I think about Tim as an example. Like, Tim has got far more years praying and is definitely, I think, more faithful in prayer than I am. He's got lists upon lists upon lists that he prays over. I can learn a lot from Tim about that in his example. But maybe what I was able to do with Tim is just because I've been a prayer leader in this environment a little bit longer so I could share some ideas with him and some things that he could incorporate in what he's doing. Somebody is a is a more experienced prophetic singer here might be able to help somebody walk into a little bit more freedom in that area. Like we can disciple people into our own prayer sets. We can go to each other's prayer sets, and we should as the Spirit leads, but the Lord just might lead you to bring somebody into what you're doing and um, come alongside them and walk them through what it looks like because um, everybody's at a different place in how they approach what we do here, and that's a discipling journey as well. So I'm going to close us in prayer. Lord, we thank you for what you're doing at this place. We thank you that you are building your house of prayer and you're inviting us to be builders in it. And we want to stay open to all the ways that you do that and to be ready um, and obedient to what you're saying and you're doing. Lord, we're praying that you would highlight to those around us. Lord, we want to be, thank you that um, you only did what the Father told you to do. And so um, you were... um, you were, you were ready, you were listening, you were in tune, um, you were in constant communication, and we want to be about your business, Lord Jesus. We want to be, um, we know that this place is not our home, like we're sojourners here, we're in a foreign land, and you're going to establish your kingdom, and you're inviting us to not only get ready for your kingdom ourselves, but help other people get ready for your kingdom, Lord, and um, some ways we're doing this and some ways we're not. And I know I'm not doing it in all the ways that I want to, Lord, but I thank you that you're maturing me and you're inviting all of us to be attentive to your voice, to lean on your power, to let you do the lot and we do the little, which is just showing up and staying in it with you in conversation. Lord, we love you, we worship you, we honor you, we glorify your name. In Jesus' name, amen.